I'm thinking of starting a hotel chain called Nice Hotels. Is that with the exclamation mark or no exclamation mark? I think we'd have to negotiate something with uh, Walgreens um, and their UK counterparts, but I'm, I, I think we might do the the exclamation mark. I think. Well, I think if you maybe you know how sometimes in a hotel, like behind the front desk, they'll have like a little, almost like a mini convenience store. Mm-hmm. I think if you had that, but only sold nice products, then maybe that'd be that would be a good co marketing opportunity that would work out for both sides. Maybe, but then we would only accept currency, or we we would try to make sure that <laughs> you have to pay because you know, sure, people love QR codes. Mm-hmm. No, no. So, but I think I actually might be able to obviate that a little bit. Okay. So, stay in a couple of hotels the past week, um, and yeah, I, I think I have an idea of, of the how. And, and you're welcome to be in on this. You, you can be the, the the finance guy on this. Is this is this uh, kind of like is this going to be connected to our uh, wine delivery service that we came up with a couple of months ago, or is this something totally different? I don't remember. Was it Harvest and Barrel? What was? It? <laughs> I remember I it was. It was because there was that really dumb, uh, like custom jeans sponsor on Five Thirty Eight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what was the name of our thing? Okay, hey, I it think does, it doesn't matter. I think we made it the show title. I could, I could kind of yeah, flip you, through you, here. You can look it up on. Well, I'm, or no, actually, Applesauce and Jeans was the show title. Oh yeah, these jokey titles are not helping. <laughs> so yeah, so so nice hotel. So the deal is. Um, what sets up uh, what sets us apart are that we have fast internet, an iron that is obvious of how to use and isn't absolute garbage, uh, an Apple TV and a TV that doesn't have motion smoothing on <laughs> and uh-huh. doesn't do the thing where it turns on at full volume and puts you on that the dumb uh, looping like hotel welcome channel thing, and uh, a lint roller. We'll, we'll, we'll give everybody all of this, and you would you not pay an extra hundred dollars to stay there? I, I think I'd I'd pay I'd pay a premium. There have been you you, you would you would seek that place out because you're like this this is a place that's not going to screw me. They're not going to try to charge me eight bucks for a Fiji water. Oh yeah, don't get me started on that. Um, although the one the one feature that I have seen in other hotels that you should consider stealing mm. are where they have the vending machines that accept Apple Pay. I think that's becoming more common now, and and that's good. Yeah, it's becoming more common, but it's not common enough. Oh, most certainly, yeah. Because because you know, like when you so when you get to a hotel, right? Especially if you're arriving later in the evening, and if you you know want some water or um, maybe a soda or something, you know, like I, I don't know about you, but I generally limit the amount of cash that I carry around, especially now living the uh, suburban life like I do. Uh, there's less of a need to carry cash around like when I was in San Francisco. Elaborate. There there are quite a few places in the city still that only accept cash. So mm. I usually made it a habit when I was in San Francisco to always have some cash with me. But now that's become a bit of a less priority. But even if you have cash when you arrive at a hotel, you know, for me, it's usually like I've got like fives or tens. Like I don't usually have a bunch of singles. And that, you know, usually vending machines are only going to take singles or, I mean, I guess if I happen to have done laundry that day living in the city, maybe some quarters. Um, <laughs> what about your dollar coins? <laughs> right. So anyway, the, the, the vending machines with Apple Pay, that, that's something you should uh, steal. 
Maybe, but that would be the other part where there would be like we could engineer like a reverse minibar, sort of, but like it would be like a technology one where if you forgot your lightning cable or something, there would be one there and you could just take it and they would just charge you a reasonable price for it. Is this like a shrunken down version of the little Best Buy kiosk things yeah that you see it, in it'd be like an like an sfo where there's that dumb uh uniqlo like uh we sell you a down jacket thing out of a vending machine yeah like it, oh, it's, i it's, haven't i haven't seen that really yeah it's in terminal two by the um what's what's the united doesn't come out of there i forget which one it is uh, terminal two is is um or it's alaska now i was gonna say thing. virgin america but uh but yeah alaska now well yeah the the corpse of virgin america because <laughs> every everything has been rebranded alaska airlines now except and they keep having all the ads on all the um, uh, what's uh, how do you say somebody's maiden name or the before like what happens when you get divorced? Um, where hmm. Ford Go Bike is no longer going to be Ford Go Bike. It was Bay Area Bike Share. So there's all the Alaska Airlines stuff because they keep having uh, they have like Kevin Durant and some big thing with the Warriors by proxy of Alaska Airlines on all the signage for Ford Go Bike, which won't be called that anymore. Great. Somehow that that, that was getting to a point, but... <laughs> but anyway, so th this is my million-dollar idea. We're going to create a hotel that doesn't suck, because I just don't understand why, um, consistently, th the main reason I bring this up is that irons are always consistently awful at every hotel. And I don't get why, because who are these people who don't want to look put together for wherever they're going regardless of why you're traveling who wants to look like they just pulled everything out of a suitcase that's all wrinkly or, or has fold lines so as your new business partner in this venture the other thing that i'd recommend including along with the working iron is a working hairdryer the the lady the lady friend can attest to often it being the case that there either isn't a hairdryer or if there is one it's broken yeah, like I don't I, like these seem like super basic amenities. Or like I just feel like the customer satisfaction would be so much higher if in in like these things are not like I will what's let me look on Amazon. I have a favorite iron which is the uh let's pull it up in the orders. They're two factor authentication. Ugh. There's this uh Black and I think it's called the Black and Decker Digital Advantage 4000 iron because I've bought it three separate times. And it's it's a very very good product it's like 40 bucks like it you you can spend the money uh like hotels like I, I don't get why this has to be a thing you know i think what the the main problem with hotels are is almost every other part of the traveling experience from like taking an uber or lyft to the airport to the actual plane ride itself and then perhaps renting a car when you arrive at your destination like all those individual components are generally a known quantity like i feel like with flying united or american or southwest or whatever like there there are little nuanced differences here and there but like by and large the experience of flying is mostly the same and like same with renting a car if you avis budget what hurts whatever like it, it's all t pretty similar like with a hotel if it's somewhere you haven't stayed before you have absolutely no idea what you're getting yourself into. Like, even if you've stayed at other hotel locations by that same brand, because many hotels are franchised where, you know, there are certain standards, but there can also be some, some huge differences. 
like so like you're saying like holiday inn is like mcdonald's where i think they're not all corporate owned i think so yeah i i don't i don't know if i don't know which hotel chain specifically but i I think some are basically like yeah like franchises like for an example an example being i actually legitimately don't remember the hotel chain but i don't know if i'd I'd out them on our wildly popular podcast here Mm -hmm. but oh for legal exposure Sure. Uh, the lady friend and I show up there, and it's it's a generally nice hotel, but it's it's literally on top of the train tracks. Mm-hmm. And our room that we happened to be in was the room closest to the train tracks. So, like every thirty to forty five minutes, all night, it <laughs> it sounded like a train was running through the middle of our room. And so, like, there's just there's just no way you can like prepare yourself for that. I apologize for hijacking your story and making it about me, but do you remember back when we we were doing the show, like maybe five years ago, and I lived in uh, Emeryville, and there was always the train going by. Oh man, that's so, so, a throwback. Yeah, so so your hotel room is basically yeah. That, that's 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 that was a nice that was a nice place, but somewhat of an unfortunate location it was an extremely convenient location that just happened to uh have a uh a noise ordinance that did not suggest they they prized safety over uh quietness and that was i feel that was the wrong choice (laughs) um yeah so anyway i think this i think this is a smart idea i think people would, would totally be on board with this or the alternative is that i would make a trip advisor competitor where the only thing you rate them on is is the iron good or not <laughs> uh-huh what, what would that be called not not to put you on the spot iron advisor come on that's that's pretty good this is this is simple stuff man. <laughs> uh, the, 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 the last thing i'll throw out there with your hotel idea here is the apple tv thing i think is really really smart there, there, there have been a couple of occasions recently where I've traveled where I've either thought to myself, man, I wish I would have brought my Apple TV, which with the way I've got it like hooked up underneath the TV, it's, it would not be very practical to, you know, regularly plug and unplug. But if, if not bringing my Apple TV, maybe considering getting like a fire TV stick or, or something to bring on the road. Yeah. Like, so the problem with that, because I've heard people who are heavy travelers will be like, you know what, I actually, they actually go so far as to buy a um, a specific type of travel router that can latch on to the hotel's Wi-Fi network, and then that automatically is configured to, like, their Fire TV stick. But I think that's just kind of excessive. Well, I guess if you, I I, I don't have a Fire TV stick, so I don't know, does it have the ability to log on to a wi-fi network that's got a what's that called where you have to like enter the little interstitial like yeah. accept your terms and conditions and we're gonna we're gonna sell all your traffic data and stuff yeah. right that, that one <laughs> the zuckerberg clause <laughs> um yeah I, I i don't know but that that seems smart because like it's always because that's the other thing that we would provide we provide an hdmi cable because that's always a thing even if you wanted to do some type of airplane mirroring or like link up your laptop to the tv like you know you can't call down to the front desk wait do you do you have an hdmi cable like that's right. that's not a thing mm-hmm. well I, I i like i like this idea we'll we'll take our massive podcast profits and we'll we'll reinvest this reinvest those rather into the nice brand of hotels and our 
uh, wine shipment, which you can conveniently have delivered to your room in our hotel. Mm-hmm. That's They call that synergy, Carlos. Final hotel thing. Have you ever done... Th- I, I've never done this. Have you ever done the thing where you get something shipped to a hotel? Oh, no, 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 no. That seems so weird. And, and, and I hear that very, very frequently. Like, people order stuff. Like, yeah, the, the Holiday Inn I was staying at. Like, they had a thing where... Like, there was Amazon boxes behind the front desk. That's that's just really weird. Hmm. Yeah, so we're not going to talk about much actual stuff this week, because I have a lot of little things that I think we need to talk about. I think that's... The people like those ones, I think. Yeah, it's the grab bag episodes. So this is... And none, none of this is very important at all, but it's just a running list of things I thought, like, well, this 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 is silly, but this, is, this also is appropriate for the show. Um, Unless you have anything that's super pressing. Oh, no, no. It's, it's all you. Yeah. So, did you hear about this? Safeco Park is no more. Or Safeco Field, sorry. What is it now? What is Safeco Field? That's where the... Is that where the Mariners play? Correct. Yeah. So, what is the worst company that you could think that would buy naming rights for this? Well, or, I mean, Oracle already Oracle already bought the Giants stadium, so they're out. Correct. Mm-hmm. Don't Google it. No, I won't. It's not Google, is it? Google Field would be good. Google Field wouldn't be bad. Facebook Field also would not be bad. It kind of it rolls off the tongue in a nice way, but I, I assume it's not them. Amazon's too obvious, and I, I feel like I would have heard about that. Yeah. Um. See, I feel like because I didn't hear about it. This was super under the radar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 in, in a way that it wouldn't have been had it been some obvious big tech name or something. Yeah. Like Boeing, maybe? No. All right, so I'll just give it to you. Fucking T-Mobile Park. F- the, the, literally with the F word in it? Wow. That's <laughs> it's edgy. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see that coming. Um, <laughs> can we make that the show title, or is that... Can we not? We probably can't pull that off. <laughs> um... <laughs> So I mean, that's the funniest thing you've said on the show. <laughs> um, to, uh, to, so is, is, is it what T-Mobile, T-Mobile Park or T-Mobile Field? It's T-Mobile Park. And if you Google it, wait, did this ha- this happen? This happened like two weeks ago, and I'm so pissed. No, I'm seeing I'm seeing articles from December 2018. Oh, maybe they just started taking down the letters. Yeah, so I this is I'll, I'll put this in the notes. This is from the um the always uh engaging Seattle Times um not to be confused with the the New York Times. <laughs> Although actually they they must be affiliated with with the New York Times because this is all the same um this is all the same typeface and everything. No, that's just what everybody does. Like, if you go to the Chicago Tribune, it's the same damn thing. It's same thing with the LA Times. I think it's all owned by the Tribune company. Oh, got it, got it. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you a link to uh, this curbed article. And it's so upsetting of how just gaudy it looks. Because it's just got so much hideous magenta. So this is exactly like how T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas is, which the, the first time I went there last year, I, I made sure to send you plenty of photos. And it's it's exactly the same thing, like inside and out, everything is magenta. All the signage, all the food concession stands, everything is is magenta. I hope the merger gets denied. Yeah, where where is that at? 
Well, they spent a whole bunch of money at Trump Hotel, so I think everything is just going to be smooth sailing. That's <laughs> another thing probably. we haven't talked about. But, uh, um, yeah, so that's super dumb. Okay, so that's one, that's one thing. They should have gone with T-Mobile Field, I think. I think that sounds better than T-Mobile Park. So I, I joke about this because I do really dislike T-Mobile for many, many, many reasons. But um, I don't think this is the worst name in all of major sports. What do you think is the worst named field? or of any sport in the United States. The the Utah Jazz now, they well, so there there's a couple in the NBA. So one I do know off the top of my head. So in New Orleans where the Pelicans play, that's the Smoothie King Arena. And then I'm I'm kind of googling this in real time. The Jazz now play at the Vivint Smart Home Arena. Yeah, that's kind of the worst because that's also not a good company. <laughs> So what? Which one did you have in mind? Guaranteed rate field. What is it? Guaranteed rate field. Well, who's who plays there? I'm pretty sure that's the new name for Comiskey Field, which is where the White Sox play. Oh, they renamed Kaminsky. Yeah. Yep. Guaranteed rate field. That's not. It's great. like the same where. Um, what's the one? I don't know if it's the Oklahoma Thunder or where did LeBron James used to play? Uh, that was well. Gosh, that that arena. That arena changed a couple of times too. Isn't I think that it, the Qu- one where Quicken, it's like Quicken Loans? Quicken yeah, Loans dumb Arena. Too. But yeah, yeah, Guaranteed Rate is a re- one that's a really bad company name, but also that's an even worse sports. You know, it's a you know, it's a really good one though. What? Peco Park. Yeah, that's it's, perfect. It's pretty pretty good. Yeah, um, I've never actually been there, but it's a good good name. Yeah, um, and there were a couple other ones, but um, yeah, I can't think of anything. But like in like Wrigley Field, like the, those are just like good classic names. Um, actually, no, Wrigley is not. I, I keep thinking they have the uh, Reynolds Wrap as one of their big sponsors, but that's actually not what it's named after. So it's just because it's Wrigleyville, Wrigleyville, Chicago. Oh, it's not the gum? I don't think so. I thought Wrigleyville, the neighborhood in uh, Chicago, but I don't know. Let's ask. Corey. I mean, you're the, you're the Chicago expert, so. I'm only an expert on Chicago dogs. <laughs> the, the like dog dogs not uh hot dogs mm-hmm. right man oh, sporty's been crushing it recently yeah sporty's he's really really good no although my goodness the weather in chicago the particularly this time time of year it's great he's the best pr they could possibly have yeah yeah especially with their 16 person mayoral runoff oh i have not been following that Oh yeah, well they, they they had us they had because Rahm Emanuel uh quit. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Or he, he is not seeking another term, which Correct. in politics yeah. is basically quitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They they call that the Paul Ryan. <laughs> so this is a family show or this is a happy show, so we're not gonna talk about that. Speak okay, so so moving on. Uh, uh speaking of politics, do you remember the Virginia governor scandal? Yeah, yeah. It feels like it was about 13 months ago, but... It was a month ago, and nothing has happened, and everybody forgot about it. So, the... I actually thought about this at the time. The really cynical side of me thinks now that a lot of politicians are recognizing that the news cycle now just moves so fast, and there's so much going on, that if they can just sort of wait out that initial news rush, Mm -hmm. that people will just forget about it in a way that it feels like didn't used to happen. 
Oh, absolutely. And I will, I will give a business counterpoint or, or um, another example. Do you remember the Equifax breach? Mm-hmm. Right. Nothing S- happened. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Literally nothing. Uh, over half the identities of every American adult was stolen, and doesn't matter. Uh, what else? What else? Um, yeah, I, before we... Those, so our big topic today is going to be Trader Joe's. But, oh, there was one other thing. There was an article recently where... Um, I forget, I think it was the LA Times, but like, or maybe it was The Ringer. And we talked about it, and there was a restaurant called Raising Canes in it, and we had no idea what the hell that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently Orange County has two of those now. And I went, and it's fine. So something happened with Orange County when we... In the past five years, there's... Yeah. There's, there's like all the fast food chains that never used to be near Southern California. They have all of them now. Yeah, every weird, funky, like, thing that people in Virginia or Texas talk about is now in South Orange County. Or even, like, things that have now, like, Chick-fil-A is a good example. Where, like, Chick-fil-A is, like, around in California now, like, even in, in our neck of the woods. But I feel like Orange County sort of was, like, the first one that I can remember in California. Yeah. And then, um, well, also, uh, unrelated, but related in Orange County. Yeah, Laguna Hills uh is is weird now the the entire like weirder, mall like is, weirder than before or? yeah the entire mall area like that whole district is basically just closed like they're just every, every anchor business went out of business well they're yeah they're they're totally aren't they like they're totally redoing the, the yeah, there's mall, a big right? there's a big sign saying it's now going to be five lagunas which i don't know what the fuck that means yeah uh but yeah there's all these weird things where yeah there's a chick-fil-a there now and then there's this funky restaurant that all they do is basically chicken fingers and it's good it's fine although i will say that it's uh the worst fries of any restaurant uh any fast food restaurant ever worse than in and out so that's a thing have we talked about that i we must have how could we have gone 185 episodes no no not in and out in general but so the la times did a thing like three weeks ago we're talking uh, in these were the French fry power rankings. I'm sure we we talked about this, but like In and Out came out uh, as the absolute worst. And growing up, I don't ever remember that being the case. But I've been to In and Out twice in the past uh, quarter or so, and it's they're really bad. It's a thing. No, I I even growing up going In and Out, the fries were. And let, like, let's be clear, they're not. I don't think they're outwardly bad. Like, they're I not will, inedible, but they're not. I, no, good. I, I, I will, I will happily eat a thing of fries with my double double. That's that's no problem. But they're just they're not the best. And you can do, you can do the the whole well done thing. And I, I do think that makes them a little bit better, although still not great. The only way to make In and Out fries like truly good is if you get them animal style. And I, you know, I think I've just kind of passed the point in my life where that's socially acceptable. Yeah. Which is too bad because I, I actually do think it's really good, but I I would regret that decision for like a week if I were to order that. Yeah, but then you can just go to McDonald's and just have the best thing possible. Don't order any of the actual uh, the McDonald's food, but just get yourself a large fry and you just eat it on the way home and then you know, everything. Yeah, great. McDonald's fries are are pretty good. Yeah. That's that's a that's a hot take, Carlos. <laughs> no, nobody's ever said that before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that that that's that. 
Um, so yeah, the, the big story of the week. So Trader Joe's. Why were we talking about this? Trader Joe's? Yeah, I put this in the notes for some reason. I don't remember why. There have been kind of like a handful of um Oh, articles. the Darth thing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So Darth put a thing in here about... Or, he's, he's not, he's <laughs> it's, does he have access to the Slack now? I, I wish he did. Um, we, we somehow put this in here. And um, what am I even thinking about? Sorry, I got to close too many. I got too, uh, too many windows on the screen. Wait, which one are you? I don't even remember. I need, I, I need to, here's the thing. I need to be doing this work on an iPad so I can fully oh, focus. Oh, that's, yeah, too much, too many pixels yeah, on your yeah. screen, I think. Too much functionality. Too practical. It's too easy to get work done. So yeah, we, the, 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 the true problem, Carlos, is you don't have like four USB boxes chained together. That's, that's really, I think, what would make this go. Uh, that's messed up. But yeah, so... <laughs> There were a few things about Trader Joe's. Now, now I remember. Okay, so yeah, so there's a link that you put in here from Darth, and and he he put in. Sorry, the tweet is related to the uh, Trader Joe's Spud Crunchy snacks, uh, mm. and that he suggested that he only bought them because there was a uh, French fry dog on it. And the are you familiar with like kind of what Trader Joe's mo is and how products get there? Like it's not always original stuff. Very frequently, it will be knockoff stuff that they find a vendor to make for them. Yeah, this is the this is the Costco style. Like they they do that too. Does Costco do like copyright infringement or like, or like Well, they're not copyright infringement, but they Kirk like the Kirkland brand is um strange because they actually do make a lot of Kirkland branded items in-house, even including many that you wouldn't necessarily think of right away, but then they also do rebrand other items as well. So it's kind of a um eclectic mix of stuff yeah so that's a that's a lot of what trader joe's does and you can google online to find out um whether or not a trader joe's like in-house item like if somebody thinks there a there's a reasonable chance that it is just basically a brand name product in like uh fund up trader joe's packaging but yeah so these spud crunchies i've had these a couple times and these are very 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 um uh, similar, if not exactly the same, as the uh, Calbi, um, uh, what what are they called? Oh, they're called Calbi Hole Cuts, and these are very very good. And I'll put these in the thing. Yeah, I have not. I have not had either the the Spud Crunchies or the what what did you what did you call these Hole Cuts? Cal Calbina, Calbi North America. <laughs> Oh, cow. Oh, because uh, because they're a global food corporation. Okay, well you, you can't you can't blame me there. All, all I saw was the URL. <laughs> um, that was like that. Well, we'll get to it. But that's I got your you sent a thing about mayo chup on my and I got it on my watch, mm-hmm. and I was just like, is this in English? Because it was <laughs> because it, it didn't expand the URL, for, so it was just a bunch of stuff. It just said like mayo chup mayo cube like, <laughs> your what your your watch offered to translate the page is that, is it's like, it yeah happens. it's like the thing when twitter says like this we think this tweet's in swedish or something but it's just somebody not making sense anyway so yeah so calby north america yeah so they they have these and i don't actually like the um just like the plain unseasoned flavor so the trader joe's ones is not that great but you can go to whole foods uh you're, so you're you're a big fan of the, the bacon and cheddar <laughs> The sea salt and vinegar one's very good. The bacon and cheddar one's fine. You can generally find these at Whole Foods, but Whole Foods keeps um, winnowing down their selection under Amazon's reign. So Whole Foods keeps getting worse. 
That's well. That, that makes sense. Whole Foods, Whole Cuts. Like that's not my best. Yeah. Continue. Yep. So yeah. Anyway, so so that that's the whole point of the Trader Joe's thing is that yeah, a lot of times you will get stuff that is probably like a different company's thing. You can you can you can Google around for it and see what's what's the best stuff to get. But yeah, so in terms of uh, Whole Foods snap, Trader Joe's snacks. Yeah, they keep doing a lot of new uh, interesting stuff. Um, like this, they have like knockoff Takis. Those are okay. Um. Yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff at Trader Joe's that's 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 happening. But. So I actually have a, a a really important Trader Joe's question for you. Okay. And this is something that I really need some help with. Mm-hmm. So I f- sometimes find Trader Joe's to be somewhat overwhelming in the sense that there's just so many things that I want to try but probably don't don't want to or shouldn't eat. Why not? I don't know. It's because it's a lot of, like snacky stuff that I just I probably don't need. So like, what's your like when you go into Trader Joe's? Do you have a list? Do you go in just totally like willy nilly, as you would say, or do you have like a list of like essentials and then you kind of just you know ad hoc you know add stuff to it as you're going along? Like, what's your what's your Trader Joe's shopping strategy? Do we do we need to re re go to go back uh, like eight episodes to OmniFocus three? No. So the inside of OmniFocus under my list folder, I have uh, uh, orange emoji and then groceries, and then you know you will just like you have to find like the core stuff at Trader Joe's that you really really like. You have your like your consumer, you have your like household staples and your pantry staples and stuff like that that you always get. You you find the frozen foods that you love. Uh, Trader Joe's has some exceptional. Um, frozen items that are actually fairly healthy that you can always get for like when you get home and you really don't want to cook such as the best product in north america the um chicken mini tikka samosas which are the absolute best because even if you feel uh, if you're not having a great day and you eat the entire box of 16 of them <laughs> that's only 520 calories that's not and there's a decent amount of protein in there and uh not too much sodium and you you get your uh, organic brown rice you get your garlic naan Ooh, you've mm-hmm. got your your burrata and prosciutto pizza there's there's a lot of really good stuff so you have to go and just you have to get the the lady friend's permission and just load up the freezer with a bunch of stuff try it once and find the stuff that you guys really 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 like and you guys have a breville right oh yeah of course yeah you just find the tiny stuff that you can just pop in there for 20 minutes you just ask the echo to set a thing and then yeah you just you, you live happily ever after so do you do you stick with the list or do you also kind of just when you're in there do you look around and so it depends. So you have to pay attention to the end caps and you have to pay attention to, um, I mean, you, I mean, we, we've talked about the grocery store loop in Centerfell, right? Uh, I don't know. There, there is the, this is in, insanely hyper-local, but you can find the most efficient uh, errand grocery store loop in Centerfell is you can hit up uh, Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, the dry cleaning place, Target, Home Depot, and Sprouts all in like a one and a half mile loop of each other. And it's so convenient. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I know. I, I think I know what you're talking about, although I, I'm not sure I know about the Whole Foods on that route. No, that's the thing. Trader Joe's and Whole Foods are right next to, are, are across the street from each other. Oh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of, are you, oh, okay, I'm thinking of the, a different Trader Joe's. The, the central Centerfell area. Got it. And that gets you really close to, to Home Depot and Target. And that generally will get you all of your errands done within two hours for and you get literally everything you could possibly need i've heard the parking at that one's a little bit more difficult eh, if you go if you go like around seven o'clock it's not bad 
got it. Anyway, so yeah, so that that's the thing. Um, what about the what about the fearless flyer? Do you go through that? I don't. How do you know what that is? Well, it, it gets mailed to me. Oh, I'm like, because only the hardcore Trader Joe's people know about that. Yeah, I know. I've a couple of times I've perused through that and uh, made notes of things that I wanted to to try. And the thing about Trader Joe's is that much like people like always say that Costco is the best for everything, Costco generally isn't unless you like. I mean, if if you have a family, like sure, like if you have a household of five or something, it makes sense. But a lot of times you'll just end up with too much of the say of just one item. So, like, that's where Trader Joe's comes in handy. And also, Trader Joe's is an exceptional value on wine. So, yeah, that's if, if they carry what you like, it is generally as cheap or cheaper than Safeway on their 30% wine sales. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, the best part about Trader Joe's is it's incredibly affordable, especially for what it is. Because, like, like you were saying earlier, it's, it's really high-quality stuff, even, like, the frozen food. food. Really good. Yeah, because it's owned by the Germans. Is it really? Yeah, it's owned by Aldi, which is a German uh, grocery conglomerate. God, this is like when you told me Agile Bits was Canadian. <laughs> yeah, Drake's their CTO. <laughs> right. Uh, wait, oh, so the whole point, sorry, this is the, the reason I was going to bring up Trader Joe's, is I don't think this was my pick or a chef special, but um, I think I sent this to you when uh, the, the bacon dressing was getting discontinued. Uh, what is it called? Okay. The Instagram uh, username is Trader Joe's to be discontinued, all one word. Mm-hmm. And I think you said that it was, this is like the most niche, but useful account ever. Right. And I agree. Yeah. Because basically there's some insiders who work for Trader Joe's who post on here and let you know every time your favorite thing is getting discontinued. And that's how I was able to uh, stockpile the uh, sweet onion and bacon vinaigrette dressing. Isn't that like how one of the ways that people start figuring out that there's going to be a revision to Apple hardware? Like they start going into like the Best Buy. Oh yeah, they look at the skew list of what gets. Yeah, yeah, like because Best Buy, as insiders will know, um, and former employees, is that they had like a stock prognosis thing where you could tell like, is this ever going to be able to be replenished again? And, and oh, no. yeah, I, for, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can use your retail toolkit. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a throwback. I wonder. I wonder if they. I wonder if they still use that. They must. I assume you could, you could guess some employee's uh, employee ID number and, and hit uh, F3 or whatever and try to find out how much Rocketfish cables are. <laughs> Do you still remember your employee ID? I remember no. mine. No. I barely remember my, my gym member number that I don't go to. <laughs> you, need, you need to remember a number when you go to your gym? Uh, it depends whether or not you're being let in from the garage entrance or the other one. Mm. You like you like give a guy a coat or mm-hmm. really? It's very, it's very clandestine or very very yeah. Wow, it's like going into like a speakeasy or something. I love that. Yeah, it's like the passwords books. <laughs> you remember <laughs> li- that right? Li- library. Is that what it was for Bourbon and Branch? Yeah, that's to get into the. Uh, actually, well, no, it, maybe it was called like the room was called the library and the password was books. Yeah, yeah, it's so so right. dumb. And it, but I'm not cool enough to go there anymore. So. Sorry, I was never cool enough to go there, but <laughs> no, you gotta, you gotta. If you're ever gonna go there, you gotta make a reservation for the uh, Wilson and Wilson room. It only fits about maybe twenty five or thirty people. It's really quiet. It's really, it's, it's the aesthetic is really nice. It's 
that that's that's the place you want to go so let me know when you want to donate the budget of 24 people and i'll just go there and just have the quietest time and i'll sit there uh drinking a screwdriver doing a uh, crossword puzzle in a room fit for 25 people maybe our our next quarterly dinner will well we I, we can't forgo i was gonna say we could forgo pico but we can't do that we gotta go to pico yeah here's the thing about the bay area that i need to figure out it is still exceedingly difficult and f- like i know i've only i haven't been alive that long but like for 40 years apparently it's always impossible to get a reservation at house of prime and rib but like not three months in advance i don't i don't think it's i don't think it's house of prime and rib i think it's house of prime rib i don't think there's the i don't and. think i said and you you did but in that's post okay. in, no in post you can listen to it and you better not find a way to edit it in because <laughs> i not, really don't think i did i'm not really that good at editing i don't think i could pull that off because mm-hmm. that's way more work for you because then all your uh your uh time timestamp notes are gone <laughs> Yeah, but House of Prime and Rib, like there's, it's, it's, it's really good. I think I've only ever been there twice, but it's just, it's, it's, it's tough to get a reservation and it's, it's, that kind of kills it because it's a very good dining value. It's, it's almost like GWM value level. Yeah, no, it, and then the service is great. Every, everything about House of Prime And it's just fun. So, so few restaurants are fun. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, That's, that's, that's the best restaurant in San Francisco without question. Mm, um okay well, actually no sorry you said inside san francisco agreed yeah yeah uh yeah so anyway that trader joe's thing is a thing and then yeah that's it and then the, the last thing before we get into other stuff uh, tim apple mm. i really i really get upset whenever the president does something that's actually genuinely funny because for eight seconds it makes you want to forget that he's a garbage person and that everything everything about the past two years has been a shame and, and a stain on the American flag. But Tim Apple is fucking funny. It's really funny. Did it, so I, I actually admittedly have not um, watched the video. Did, did he do it intentionally? No. Hmm. He's, he's probably forgotten to say his name was Tim Apple. Just like there's Marky Salesforce or Elon Tesla. <sighs> really upsetting. At least we get to laugh sometimes, but uh, let's get back to realizing he's ruining and selling everything. Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, Tim Cook deserves it. So, <laughs> if only I call him Tim Services Revenue, I don't know. Uh, damn that it, would be better. I, yeah, that was the joke I was going to get to. Uh, too, too slow on the draw. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So, do, do we have anything? Oh God, we have follow up now. All right. Well, I will have you do this so I can not talk for forty minutes. Um, well, so I, I want to bring up the, um, Bryce Harper signing really just, just for one reason, because picture of him with Phil, the Philly fanatic. No, I didn't see that, but no, I'm going to put a link in the notes to, uh, the, uh, we're going to put a, our second Darth tweet of the week in the notes. Oh, the 13 year um, thing. Yeah. So Harper's contract is, uh, 13 years, $330 million. And Darth has this tweet that starts with 13 years. Can you imagine being stuck anywhere for 13? And then he interrupts himself. And then he has a screenshot of when he joins Twitter. So there's a problem with that, though. Hmm. It's only 12 years. Well, I'm going to let that slide. Yeah, I did. Too. I was like, oh, so close. Yeah. Um, but boy, yeah. Um, as a... Longtime Angels fan who has now suffered through the Albert Pujols contract, which is something like 10 years, 
around maybe $250 million. Um, and he got, he's, I think he must be like in year seven of that contract. It's, it's just been a catastrophe. So good luck Phillies fans. Yeah, it'll, it'll be fine for them. I'm sure it's all going to work out. Uh, there are no bad investments. Mm hmm. Uh, something, something Disney Hulu. I don't remember what this was. Well, so this is, um, this has been a topic that, you know, we, um, have kind of come back to over and over again. This is our rip off of the upstream segment from upgrade. <laughs> um, around all this, you know, movement around streaming video. And one of the really big questions about Disney is sort of, you know, like what's their strategy going to be for more mature content? Because, you know, Bob Iger has been very public about the fact that, you know, you're not going to see mature content on Disney plus, but it hasn't been super clear where that content's going to go. There's been lots of speculation around Disney using Hulu for that. And this news this week from variety, which we'll put in the notes is that Disney's in talks to acquire, um, Warner media's 10% stake in Hulu which when you combine that with the 30% that they're picking up from Fox, um, they're going to end up owning like, I think like what 70% or something of Hulu. So they're going to be in a position to kind of really do what they, what they want with it. And it seems, it seems obvious now that Hulu is going to be the place where you can find Deadpool and X-Men and all the other more edgy uh, Disney slash Fox stuff. Make, make, it makes sense. It, it does make sense. It's, um, I don't know. It, it's, it's a little, and it's a little strange still, I think maybe it's, um, it's a little insidery in the sense that like, just, you know, your average viewers, not like really going to like care about any of this stuff, but I don't know. It is, it is weird to me that Disney's going to basically silo certain content onto this other platform so that it's not like really associated with their brand even though they are still the ones actually ultimately producing it i don't know it's it's a bit of a strange setup are you have you ever signed up for hulu i i currently have a hulu trial as we speak um do you have the one with or without ads i think i guess i have the one without ads because i I just did the 30-day free trial and i'm going to cancel it When, I, I, I wanted to. I wanted to watch forever. the. No, I wanted to watch the. Um, so the lady friend and I watched the Netflix Fire, Fire. Festival documentary, uh-huh. and then I then I really wanted to see the Hulu one. So, are you aware? Did you read the Ringer thing about the politics between the two? I yeah. I I they actually wow. bring they bring very briefly bring that up in the Hulu one uh, of the impropriety between the the fuck yeah, thing. Yeah. Right. Which they do not make clear at all when you're watching the Netflix one. Oh, were, not at all. Because you wonder, you wonder where did they get all this 4K yes. uh, uh, marketing material? Right. And it is not mentioned at all. Well, and it was it was funny because I also, with like all the Fuck Jerry guys, how they were being interviewed in the Netflix one, we were like halfway through the Hulu one. And I'm like, man, it's weird that they haven't like talked to any of those guys because it kind of seemed like they were, you know, the ones that had a lot of the inside <laughs> knowledge about this stuff. And then, yeah, they kind of drop it there at the end, like, oh, yeah, there was this other documentary. And Although, t- to be honest, I, I still think the Netflix one is better. I find it super interesting that you 
watched both of those. Well, because I, 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 you know, you you know me, Carlos. I, I generally do. I'm not like sure I do to, anymore. <laughs> I generally do like to stay privy to the news and kind of <laughs> see 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 what the kids are into. In our in our day and age, it is unfortunately. Um, but I I had not. I had not heard of this. Like the, the fire festival, the fire festival. Like really? I, until the documentaries came out and, and the documentaries became the thing. I had never, ever heard of the fire festival. I had oh, never man. heard of, was it Ja Rule? I, How do I, you, you know who Ja Rule no, is? You were I, alive I, in the, in the early two thousands. I mean, I was, but I can honestly say that I, I did not know who he was. So I knew nothing about the story. And I, I guess because of that, became really, really fascinated by it because I, as the Netflix documentary was going on, like I, I kind of had a general sense of like what happened, but not like exactly the extent of it and how they got there. So I thought it was really interesting. And well, I, I assume you had a Magnesis credit card or whatever that dumb thing I, was. See, I hadn't, I hadn't heard of any of that either. Wow, that's super interesting. Um, hmm. Well, the thing that the thing that I because I I'm a big this should will probably come as no surprise to you. I'm I'm a big planner when it comes to travel. And so if I had bought in like one of these packages and the event were only a few weeks out and I hadn't received any sort of like detailed travel itinerary or anything, that would have raised a huge red flag. But you were going to Pablo Escobar's private island. <laughs> Don't call it that though. And you were going to party with Bella Hadid and Blink-182? You know a lot about this, don't... Well, no, because I watched the documentary. Which one did you watch? I watched the Netflix one, because that's what I have a subscription to, and I'm not going to resubscribe to Hulu, because I don't want to, and, I'm, and I'm, I watch too much Fixer Upper on it, and that's kind of the extent of the value <laughs> for it for me. I was, uh, yeah, I was disappointed with the Hulu one. Like, it was, um, I don't know, it just, it wasn't nearly as entertaining, I didn't think. That was an interesting detour. I really would not have pegged you for watching that. Oh yeah, no, uh, I um, kind of just flip, flipped on the Netflix one, um, just because I mean it. It just be, it was such a thing there for a while, and I, I got hooked. I was like twenty minutes in. I was like, man, I yeah, this is great. I got to see how this goes. And then immediately signed up for a Hulu trial and watched the Hulu one the next night. Oh, oh that's where this came from, Disney. Uh huh. <laughs> okay. Which yeah, they they own the Fire Festival documentary now. Yeah, you can see the, all the the Mickey cameos. Um <laughs> like that's um I don't I like I know consumers won't put two and two together and I assume that's what the whole point of having um distinct branding of but like can Disney get a well of course they can. Disney gets away with charging like $150 per day for Disneyland. But like, can they get away with three distinct over-the-top services? Like, they're going to charge you for ESPN Plus, they're going to charge you for Disney Plus, and they're going to charge you for Hulu. Probably also could play. It is called Hulu Plus, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Okay. Like, that's... I know they all have different names, and most people don't immediately think, yeah, ESPN is owned by Disney. But, like, that's... That's, a, that's asking a lot out of customers. Well, I mean, this is the... This is the story that we've been consistently on top of, which is we are rapidly approaching a state where people are going to realize that they've got like five or six different 
streaming subscriptions that are, you know, 10 to $20 each a month. And all of a sudden they're paying as much as they were with the cable uh, bill that they were so proud of themselves for cutting. And then they're going to want something else that's going to make it better. And that, that thing that made it better was the original cable subscription that they had. It's going to come full circle. Yes, that's the, that's the Disney thing. Um, like the, I get, this is like, I don't really exactly know where I'm going with this, but this like the, uh, I guess what I was trying to get maybe at with the whole, it just being weird that Disney's going to put certain content on Hulu is it just, it's weird with streaming how content is siloed versus like on your cable subscription where it's just like, I mean, yes, there are like channels, but like, it's just a matter of literally typing in a three digit code into your cable box and you have access to the content it's not a separate subscription or um like a separate app i mean yeah there's like hbo and stuff but like i don't know you know it, it's, it's weird that content is getting segregated the way that it is well no you're exactly right because even if you like back in like the heyday of like cable was was a brand new thing like sure you had hbo and cinemax and showtime and all that kind of stuff but yeah like in terms of like the level of difficulty for a person even if you wanted to subscribe to multiple different things like they were just yeah it's it's a couple channel numbers away where now when you have this weird thing where like the future of tv is apps except not really but i i mean that's what tim cook is, is selling it as like those are all super different things where you have to know different UI conventions. Like the Hulu app on Apple TV is the worst app that has ever been written. And I'm including Windows Vista in that. Like it is so hard to understand what's where and it's it's very, very bad. And the Netflix app is so user hostile where it uh, makes that big cha-chung song every time you open the app and will autoplay at full volume like video trailers or everything like the 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 subscription over the top experience is just so bad right now versus cable which for the most part was pretty pretty fine like it, it it's not going to be cheaper and we'll get to this but this is actually a great transition into the that weird netflix for podcasting thing where like that just breaks any bit of convenience for the end user because everything is just so different. You have to get your mind in an entirely separate mode if you want to figure out how to watch something on Hulu because it happens to not be on Netflix or happens to not be on HBO now. Do you think that at this uh, upcoming Apple TV event, Tim's going to come out on stage and go, the future of TV is services revenue? Like kind of like rebrand it that way? I appreciate your second shot at that joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I... I'm not sure what Tim Apple is going to do. I don't know. <laughs> he, I, I really want to see how they sell that. Like I, I, I want to see them pretend it's not just a money grab or that that's their core competency because they can't be bothered to make Wi-Fi routers. So now all of your data is being sold to Amazon. If you buy an Eero. So, but they, but they do have the, the stomach and the ability to hire more people to to make to spend like a billion and a half on content because that's what that's what apple needs i see i i don't know like i'm um i'm beginning to think that there's there's not really going to be much in the way of a surprise or some kind of larger narrative around the video service i think it's just literally going to be yeah we've produced a handful of original shows we've signed deals with a couple of other 
distribution companies and have some back catalog content, give us $10 a month, please. Like, I don't, I don't really think there's going to be much beyond that. Is that how boring and lame Apple has become? I, yeah, I think so. I, there's, there's me, I think there's a, there's an outside chance. I actually don't really think this is going to happen. I think there's an outside chance that maybe there is some, you know, Amazon prime like Apple services bundle, but I don't, even if there was that though, it's okay. Great. Apple music news and video for, you know, 20 bucks a month or whatever. Like, great. That's also not super interesting. Like, I don't know, like, I, I'm um, I'm really, really interested to see the quality of Apple's, like, the original content they're producing. Like, I'm just, I'm really, really fascinated to see what that is. But I just, I don't, the, the package around it, I think, is going to be fairly generic. Uh, that's the part where I just don't get why. Like, if if you don't even have, like, a BS, like, a polished up story of why you're doing this, then... Like, why don't you take the Samsung approach? Like, Samsung makes washing machines. Like, if you if Apple is now saying that literally anything that is not a money-losing endeavor, we're just going to do it, then why don't they try their hand at that with, like, technology stuff? Like, I, we've talked about it a billion times. <laughs> this is just not something they need to be doing, and it's really frustrating that they're they're wasting their time with it all because apple needs to find a way to make the services revenue go up whether or not anybody wants to i really don't think it's going to get a lot of traction like i don't think we've we talked about this part but like apple music everybody needs a, a streaming music service like i think all like if you're uh, somebody who's going to consume that type of thing like i think the the percentage of the like buying public that is going to be okay with paying $10 a month for music. Like, I think like that stuff is just so interchangeable. Like whether or not you have Spotify or um, Apple music or Pandora premium or whatever the other one is like, or, or like YouTube premium or whatever their Google thing is like, those are all like to the most part, like entirely interchangeable, like almost no content is exclusive to any of those, but like they, they don't need to, there's nothing exceptional about Apple doing this. Well, and here's the here's the thing too, with kind of getting back to your point of how this is going to be potentially received. I think fairly or not, Apple's products are very heavily scrutinized to a degree that many similar products in the same category are not. And I I have no doubt that that's going to be the case with this video service, like. If one or more of these shows is kind of a dud, Apple is going to just get killed for it. And I guess what, there's very little upside for them. Like the, the content is going to have to be so good. Like I think about like when Netflix came out with, what was it like Lily Hammer and House of Cards, I think were like their two first original shows. And people were like, oh yeah, like this is, this is kind of fun. Like Netflix is making their own stuff now. That's crazy. And I mean, House of Cards, at least early on, ended up being a, a pretty good show. Um, it turned out to be a little problematic. But, yeah. yeah. 
Um, and like it, like with Amazon, you know, as well with their original content, it was like, oh, huh, Amazon's doing stuff. That's that's fun. Like I'll check this out. Um, I don't think I don't think like it with Apple Apple doing this like is not going to be perceived as being like cute or fun. It's going to be like, are these shows good or not? And if they're not, it's it's going to be it's going to be really tough for Apple to uh, rebound for that. Cause like the, the, the risk here too, I think for Apple is it, it, if those first couple shows aren't great, then I, that's, that's their only shot. Like even if they were to come out with a fantastic show, like a year from now, I, I don't, I don't think they're going to be able to recover from a, a bad start. So what, why does Apple get a mulligan on this? Because they they already did this, like they had the dumb carpool karaoke. Like, why why does that stuff not count? Well, because it was built into the. I mean, the insider baseball answer. It, what did I say? Insider ba- inside <laughs> baseball answer mm-hmm. is it was colorful shirt Eddie Q running the show and not particularly knowing exactly you know what he and the, the people around him were doing and they just you know but then like the more public facing answer is it was just thrown for free into the apple music app as like kind of a side project like this this is going to be a full-on i guess i don't know if it'll be a separate app i guess it'll just be in the tv app but it's, it's going to be billed as a full-on separate service and I'd be very surprised if Carpool Karaoke and Planet of the Apps were offered in said service. I think Apple's going to just look to put those off to the side. So, so from a consumer perspective, it is going to be, I think, a different looking offering. And then us kind of Apple nerds know that this is a totally different set of executives working on this stuff. So it's not really the same thing. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway, st- it's it's still dumb. Like I mean, how like do, how do how, why are we talking about Apple's video? Because it happens again? every is, week. Ugh, this is ridiculous. every week. This is like two years ago when it was like every week we talked about Uber. Just could not get away from. It. And then like a year ago when we just couldn't get away from the scooters. No, can, can I can I give Dara Kajaswahi a a a a uh, like a kudos? He's made that company exceptionally boring. Yeah, that's the best thing. That is like ser- like seriously like if for like I it's one of those things where if you're like it's like uh, airline safety. If if you're if if the plane's not crashing, you're doing your job right, but nobody cares. Is that a positive thing? Wait, I, somehow that was a compliment to to Uber, but like yeah, they're he made the company boring. Like even the news that Arizona, I just left that Arizona like found Uber to not be criminally liable in that uh, self driving uh fatality like that's it's like just facebook is getting so much bad press that like that stuff's all flying under the radar and there's no dumb travis kalanick stuff to to like bring personality to it or yeah dara's just totally just made it a boring company bravo Mm -hmm. uh first name basis um (laughs) not 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 with elon musk though we'll get to him Mm mm-hmm uh anything else for follow-up because yeah i think it is probably only gonna be talking about tesla for the rest of this because we talked about everything else oh lyft had the rest one anyway no hey not not a lot to say there i don't think Mm -hmm. um no that that's all the that's all the follow-up i've got yeah all right what happened with man tesla yeah big big week 
can, big can I, well, let me ask there. So there's like six different stories here. Yeah. What did you find to be the most interesting or the most important? The shifting to online only Bingo. sales. Yeah. That was so weird or, or just in the, for them not acting like that was the biggest news of, of the day. Wow. Yeah. It was kind of, so in very typical Elon Musk fashion, he had this opaque tweet, which I'm I'm sure was approved by who does he have to get his tweets approved by? The, the, not the board, but I don't know some advisory group at Tesla or something. Now, well, they weren't doing enough jo- a good enough job. Yeah, because we're shipping. How what was it? Four thousand a day or something? Or what? <laughs> the oh, the annualized sales numbers. Yeah, yeah. Um. So so he puts out a tweet uh, early last week saying, you know, hey, they're going to have a Tesla related announcement. 2 p.m. on Thursday, you know, people started speculating about this maybe being the announcement of like the Model Y or a handful of other things. But then people started zeroing in on this could be the long awaited release of the long promised $35,000 version of the Model 3. And that's what it was. They, in uh, Apple fashion, shut down their online ordering system a couple of hours ahead of time. And the store came back up at 2 p.m. And Tesla had a bunch of different configurations, new configurations for the Model 3, including the $35,000 model. And then they, kind of like you alluded to a minute ago, sort of kind of buried the lead. And like, I don't know if they did this at exactly the same time or if it was like an hour later, they announced that they were closing all of their physical retail locations, save for... Um, a handful and moving to a, an online only sales model where they're now going to let people order online, uh, pick up their car or have it delivered in certain markets. And you'll have seven days or 1000 miles to drive the car and return it for a full refund. If you're uh, not, not content with it, which is a, um, it's it's a different it's a different strategy for sure. I mean it, it also has the added benefit of them, you know, they Tesla's long sort of skirted the archaic dumb dealership laws that are in place in many states and so this allows them to completely forego all the legal battles that they've been fighting there. Um there were some pretty interesting stats around like the number of Model 3 orders that were done online without going through you know the traditional store and test drive and all that experience which you know raising my hand here includes me um so on like on one hand it it is really surprising but then on the other hand it's i don't know it's maybe just another sign of kind of where commerce is going so you test drive a model s and you test drove, or and you drove a friend's Model Three, but you'd still put a deposit down. I think on day one of the car, anyway, right? Is that the deal? But I did, but only because it was fully refundable. I yeah. certain certainly would not have done it had it been like, hey, you know, this is a non-refundable thing. Yeah. So, had you not done those test drives, would you have felt comfortable buying a car and just being like, oh, well, I can just return this thirty to one hundred and ten thousand dollar purchase? within seven days yeah because at, at the time at the time that i bought mine tesla had a policy in place where you know they did have the option of test drives at least for model s's and model x's but um with any purchase you made for them including for the model 3 
you could return the car within 48 hours. So I knew that. But do you do do you think most normal people will be fine with that? I will see that. So this is this is where I don't know. See that this is where it's kind of a different topic that I, I I guess I'll bring up here, which is I've been thinking more about this lately. Like I just don't know if like Tesla is a brand I would generally recommend to a lot of different people. Are you pulling out consumer reports on us? No, 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 not at all. Just like just in the sense that so. Like I, I've been reflecting a little bit more like on my Model 3 experience now that I've had like, you know, more than six months with the car. And like looking back at particularly those first handful of months where, you know, my car came with a bunch of scratches that I had to have repaired. It bricked itself during a software update and had to be towed from my driveway. It, it in a lot of ways, the experience mirrored like what you'd expect from like a first generation technology product. It's a beta car. Right. But like in and even like I don't know, like just like the the first of everything in a in a product category always kind of sucks. But like as a technology enthusiast, like you know that and you go into it and you just kind of you roll roll with the punches. And that's like for me, like being a, a tech nerd, like I mean, yes, the like especially the the software update issue was very disappointing, but like I was also very self aware and was like, yes, you're buying an early development car, and this is just this is part of that experience, but like I would never ever expect the average consumer to be in any way okay with that, especially because you know the key difference here is. Yes, like with a you know a first generation smartphone or something, maybe you're talking about fifteen hundred dollars, or like with this foldable Samsung phone of like almost two thousand dollars, which is obviously a lot of money. But here with these Tesla cars, you're talking about generally over a fifty thousand dollar purchase. So this, which is a whole different thing when you're talking about that much money. So it's 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 kind of hard to expect the average consumer to I would say like the online ordering thing and all that I actually don't know if I see that as big of a deal as I just do like just the general experience of owning a Tesla is just I don't think at a point that a lot of average consumers are going to be okay with so that, so that that makes a lot of sense and that seems to be like a slightly Maybe you just that you've had this this week of news has had caused you to reflect more about it. Uh, but it, I mean, yeah, that's that seems to be the, a lot of the opinion of a lot of like non rabid like Elon Musk worshiping Tesla people. Where like, yeah, it 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 it's really cool and it and it's they're doing something interesting. But for the most part, like, it's still a product that's fairly um, ha- has a lot of challenges around it. Right. And even like, even like the kind of like the technical bugs and issues, like to me, that's like the number one reason why I think generally recommending Tesla cars is, can be challenging. But then like also just things like charging, right? Where like, I'm a, I'm, I've become a total nerd about this. And like when I go on longer road trips, I actually like, I kind of enjoy like picking particular supercharger stations to see that are are around things that I, um, you know, want to go to. Like, for example, 
coming back from Southern California, wanting to stop at Harris Ranch because I had never been there before. Um, there was this other supercharger station in Kettleman City that was like the largest in North America. So like I kind of like wanted to see that. Like really, really nerdy things like that, which like the average consumer doesn't want to map out like where they're going to stop like that or like when they get to their destination whether there's going to be a charger there like they they don't want to deal with all that crap like as a nerd i do like and i think it's kind of fun but like is my is my grandma gonna want to deal with that like is my sister gonna want to deal with that like no of course not well and in a ford had a thing where they released if, if they're just one day your your uh your ford fiesta didn't turn on anymore because like the ignition didn't turn over because there was some software update that went bad on it. Like, f- f- like people would be saying that Ford should be delisted from the stock exchange. Like, there, there's there's a lot of stuff that Tesla gets a pass on that nobody else would. And I don't have a link to the tweet, but somebody brought up something that I totally forgot was still a thing, which is some some super bullshitty math that only Tesla can get away with. Where they're still on their website do like, and and this is the same thing when uh. Uh, Musk like pointed out like oh yeah we're cutting the prices of all these random cars. They're still doing the the absolutely like horribly unethical thing where they include uh what they think you're gonna save on gas, and that's the price of the car. Like if you go to three com, you can see that oh yeah the the, the performance edition of the all wheel drive Model Three is forty seven thousand four hundred fifty dollars uh, asterisk after savings. But the actual price you're going to pay is $58,000. That's insane that they're still able to get away with that. I mean, I would say the, the in defense, the majority of that savings is straightforward tax credits and or state rebates. But, you, but you're right. A portion of that is the, is the gas savings, and that's kind of ridiculous. Like that, that, that's so sketchy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you literally have to, um, on the configuration thing, you actually have to click on show details, and then it will tell you that we think you're going to save $4,300 on gas over six years. Uh, yeah. So stuff like that where, yeah, I think Tesla, like, uh, you don't ever want to, like, hate the disruptor or the person trying to do new cool things, but, I, like, I don't know, Tesla does get a weird pass on a lot of stuff. Um. Well, they, they do because they are to their to I think to their immense credit, they are pushing an industry forward that needs to be pushed forward. Like it's it's not a it's not a perfect example, and it's one that I'm I'm kind of making up in real time here, but you know, Tesla was not the first car in the way that like the iPhone was not the first smartphone. But they were the but Apple was the one that came along and made smartphones good and interesting and that's kind of how, how i feel about tesla like I, i've said over and over again on the show i'm like the last thing in the world from a car person could could grew up caring less about cars even like the first couple of cars i owned like i was very proud to own and they were great but like they were not something that i got super excited about for this Tesla Model 3 i i put down the deposit when my date started getting closer i like was going to like Tesla forums where people were like trying to track like when they exactly were going to get their car. Like I was super into it. 
and have since owning it have really, really loved the heck out of having it, despite all the issues that I've been having. And there's like, there's something to that, I think. Yeah, but I think you have to be the that, but that's not a mass market attitude. No, no, I, uh, one thousand percent, one thousand percent. It appeals very much to the people like me who are, you know, who get the i the new iPhone on the first day it comes out, who read tech news obsessively every day, who do a weekly podcast with their friend to talk about this stuff. Like, you know, like I, I'm very much the the type of consumer that. Tesla would appeal to, but it's not, it's not for everybody for sure. But, but then going back to the news story, that's the problem where in order to make this car allegedly 6% cheaper or whatever, that makes, um, this more poised to be a mass market product like that allegedly them removing all of the like institutional, like comforts that would appeal to, um, like a mass market audience, like being able to actually look at the car before you spend thirty five, or sorry, no, actually let's let's use real math, forty four to sixty thousand dollars on a their entry level car online. Like they're they're closing, they're shifting their strategy, closing all these stores and firing off all these salespeople because they're trying to make it cheaper so it's more mass market, but they're doing something that takes away the mass market appeal see i don't i I guess maybe i i don't know how many people there are out there who would be the type to consider getting a tesla who would only do so if they could go to a store first like i feel like if you're if you're even considering a tesla then you you're already probably the type that's okay with just making your purchase online i disagree like i i think for the initial wave of buyers over the first couple of years you're absolutely right. But for Tesla to succeed and for all his investments that they're making in the Gigafactory and all this other stuff, like they're aiming to be a mass market brand. Like I, I don't think Elon Musk's goal is to just be like as as popular as like Mercedes or or um like some other brand that maybe has five percent of the market. Well, so let, let me play devil's advocate a little bit. I mean, I, I don't I don't totally disagree with what you're saying, but so like with with your current car as an example, you you custom ordered yours, right? Like there were options. Nope. I thought that nope. was your no, you didn't. No, nope, the timing ended up being where there was just a car with enough of the right features. It's the same thing where it, I no, I, this was, it was your was it your previous car you did that? There was some car you bought yeah. where you were like, yeah, it was your mm-hmm. previous car where you there were some options that weren't available with any of the models on the lot. So you put in an order and then you, yeah, but I was still able to understand, do I like 80% of this car? Like, sure. I'm going to customize the color and some of the features, but do I like how this car drives? Do I like the way it looks in person and not just a bunch of JPEGs on a web, a website? Like I, like I don't think I would have chosen either of my past two cars if I could not have uh, looked at them in person or driven them. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, like that's maybe I'm just like the wrong type of shopper, but I, I would generally think I'm a fairly internet forward person. And yeah, like that's, that's, there are some purchases that are just so like, would you, would you, I think this is vaguely similar. Would you pretend you are still, you were still uh, relegated to being a renter? Would you, would you uh, rent an apartment online without actually going to it? No. Why is that different than a car? 
I think where you live is a much more important per- purchase than a car. But I'm talking about a, re- a rental. I'm not saying you're buying a house without well, seeing but, it. But still, where, where you live is is like one of the most important things in your daily life. A car is important and it's a big purchase, but it's, it's not it's not up there with where you live. But I, I mean, I, I see, I know, I, I, I understand the analogy. Um, and I think it's, I think it's a gamble for sure. It's, um, but I, at, at the same time though, it, it's one of those things where, I don't know if, if it doesn't work out, there's nothing stopping Tesla from eventually rolling out more of a physical presence again, if they need to. So, I mean, obviously it's, it's, it's not, that wouldn't be easy, but, um, yeah, maybe like, I don't know, like, I, but that, that's the thing where, so like to go back to, to, um, like the big news of the week. So yeah, so their, their whole thing was, yeah. So they they, they launched the cheaper model three that when you include a lot of sketchy math gets it closer to $35,000. Well, no, no. So, so actually, no, to be fair, the, 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 the it, it's $35,000 cash. That's what it it's. And then after savings, it gets down to 20 something, but it's, it's 35,000 out the door assuming that you don't add autopilot or anything autopilot then adds to the cost but the the 220 mile version with the standard interior is thirty five thousand cash you were right i was wrong i could have sworn i priced this out no hmm. but i bet it, it, it's it's like you know it, it's like every other car buying experience where if you want the steering wheel and all four <laughs> tires you're not you're not walking out the door with, you know, the, the base price. Yeah. The reason I got confused is because I was looking at the highest end one, because if I was to get a model three, I would want the all wheel drive one and I would probably want the better range. Um, so yeah, the one where Elon was announcing, sorry, Mr. Musk was, (laughs) can't, can't get slipped up. Um, because I was looking at like, oh yeah, he announced all the allegedly reduced prices and it was $47,000 for the top one. So I assumed that meant that all of them had sketchy math. But nope, you are absolutely right. The low end or the entry level starter car is uh, thirty five thousand, just all out. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So thirty five thousand uh, dollars for that one. Um, so yeah, closing the retail stores. Um, they're making some uh, adjustments and improvements to um, the summon features we were talking about, and like the self parking stuff that we talked about. Um. But yes, and and they updated the Model S for a little bit. But yeah, I just think of all that news, the 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 shifting the model towards online only seems like just the most dramatic and also the most telling about the company in general. And the New York Times had an article about this just today, where like the stock has not done well in response to this because it does, like the move doesn't seem like it inspires a lot of confidence in the company. Well, it, it, but it's, but it's also, it's a great unknown. And if there's one thing investors hate, it's the unknown. And, you know, no, no car company has ever tried something like this. So it's, it's a huge gamble. And that, that understandably, I think makes investors very nervous. And also the other nature of this too, or the other thing that's happening here too, is Tesla is very, very erratic. And like my 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 experience mirrors that exactly where like I mean I told the story on the show as it happened like over the course of 5 days 
I went from being told my car was four to six months away to then having a reservation to pick it up like six days later. Mm-hmm. Like that, that, that's, that is a, like, that's absolutely insane. Like that should not, <laughs> that should not happen with like, that shouldn't even happen with like my smartphone, let alone my car. Like that's just, it's crazy. And that's like the way that we we haven't really gotten to this, but like the way that Tesla's been like messing with the pricing of like autopilot and the full full self-driving feature, the fact that they've taken away the full self-driving feature and are now selling it again. Um the the pricing of the cars themselves have been all over the place. Like the Model Three is now cheaper than it used to be. Same with the Model S and the Model X. Well, yeah, and they keep, they keep taking away different models. Where the the like there's now a cheap entry level version of the Model S too now. Right, or like the other like crazy thing is the long range version of the Model Three, which is what I have. The uh, the non um, all wheel drive, so just the rear wheel drive, is getting an additional um 10 miles of range <laughs> through a software update so it's now going to be 325 instead of 315 like it, it, they're just all over the place and yeah I, again i think it 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 does show a degree of a lack of direction and a bit of uncertainty that yeah which would put off a lot of investors Investors and buyers, probably. I yeah, oh, to, yeah, hundred percent, right? Yeah. Um, so briefly, can you explain the autopilot thing? <sighs> I maybe um, because so, there's, there's enhanced autopilot and then the nice one or something. Well, the, so there's yeah, there's or the there's, reverse. Maybe there's there's autopilot, which um, Tesla used to brand enhanced autopilot, but I, I guess they're now going back to just the generic autopilot branding. And then there's full self-driving with, you know, autopilot is what they've sort of offered for a long time now. And then starting, I think it was in like October 2015 or 2016, they made an announcement saying, hey, every car that's manufactured from this point forward is going to come with the hardware we feel is necessary for full self-driving functionality. And so they, in on top of autopilot, and you, you had to have autopilot for this to even be an option for you to purchase, you had the ability to buy the full self-driving package, which when you drove the car home, added zero functionality. And even to this day, so now years after they started selling this feature, there is still not a single Tesla car out on the road that has any feature that doesn't already come with just the standard autopilot package. They have not rolled out any part of the full self-driving feature set yet. Um, They then took that feature away. So there was a period of time this year where, or last year, I guess, where you could only then purchase autopilot. Um, But then now they're bringing back the full self-driving option, kind of the same premise as before, where it's future functionality that Tesla is going to allegedly roll out over time. Um, but the really funky thing is, is the pricing. So like, so my situation in particular, so when I bought my car autopilot or enhanced autopilot, as they were calling it at the time was a $5,000, uh, feature to add. And then I could have added the full self-driving feature 
I think for like an additional 6,000 and was told at the time of purchase that if I didn't add it at that time, it would be 8,000 if I wanted to add it afterwards. Because again, all the, all the cars come with hardware. This is all just software locked stuff. But then as part of the announcements last week, they announced that all existing model three owners would be able to add full self-driving for 3000 if they hadn't already um, added it and when they purchased it. And literally what that means is that people who bought the self-driving package immediately paid, <laughs> paid more than like those like me who could theoretically add it afterwards in the future. So it, it's a, it's a, it's a mess. The, the pricing around it is just, it's, it's bad. Am I wrong in that wasn't there a report that Tesla didn't have any recorded self-driving tests miles in California like over the past year? No, that that was right. And uh, Tesla put out a statement indicating that, well, kind of two things. One is all of the testing that they've done with self-driving have evidently occurred on private roads. And I guess when you drive on private roads you don't need to report those miles to the dmv in california and then the other thing that they said was i guess all of their cars run and i think they called it like shadow mode where as you're driving the car is sort of like pretending like it's driving and recording like what it would do if it was driving and then that data gets provided to tesla and they're aggregating that too yeah does the California Department of Transportation care like that because that doesn't mean anything like sure for computational and like and machine learning experiments and stuff like that that does add valuable data to it but that doesn't that doesn't prove well that's I mean that there you know there's going to come a day in theory where Tesla is going to actually start rolling these um, self-driving features out and they're going to have to get regulatory approval to do that and the way they go about doing that is going to be very, very interesting. Be just for what you said, like, are they going to use this shadow mode data as an example of why they should be approved? And if so, are regulators going to buy that? I, I don't know. But that's the thing where the erraticness and the, um, and just like Musk saying that, didn't you say that? Yeah. Full, like full autonomous driving on quote unquote city streets is rolling out by end of year. I mean, he, there have been, <laughs> there have been so many promised deadlines around that same with like, we haven't gotten to the whole version three of the superchargers. Like, I mean, he's been promising those for, I think the last like two and a half years and they're now just rolling out. I mean, Tesla is notorious for missed deadlines. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put any stock in that. Yeah. Some weird, weird stuff. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's, I actually think that I guess the last thing I would, I would call it here, which is somewhat minor news in comparison, but I, I still think is interesting, uh, which is the, the version three of the supercharger network. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I'm a pretty big believer in that this, the supercharging system is sort of an underrated feature of Tesla, um, and really makes owning one possible in a lot of ways and it's, it just is isn't something that any other manufacturer has been able to come close to replicating um and i think version three is it's it's a pretty big deal it's it's 
they're saying on average is going to decrease charging times by about 50% when you combine it with this other kind of cool feature they're going to start doing where, so there's, there's a lot of variables that go into how fast your car charges, including how many, you know, how low the battery is, what the outside temperature is, and sort of consequently what the actual temperature of the battery is. And the, generally the warmer the battery, I guess, to an extent or uh, to a kind of a maximum, the, the larger the battery, the faster, um, the car is going to charge. And I've, I've experienced this where like I've driven mine in cold weather and, and hooked it up to a supercharger and it, you know, just doesn't get nearly the same throughput that it does in, in warmer weather. So they're going to add this feature where if you're navigating towards a supercharger, um, it'll actually, the car will actually start warming up the battery for you. So that by the time you get to the the supercharger, it'll be in a state which is better for charging more quickly. So the car just opens up Chrome. <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, so there's the you know so the the, the punchline here is they're saying that um, you can get up to seventy five miles of a charge in five minutes, which is I mean that's that's huge. Um, and like I'm, you know, as the kind of Tesla fanboy I've become, I guess, like I, I don't, I don't actually don't particularly mind stopping at superchargers when I've been on longer trips, even with the current times today. But if there's now the option of cutting those times up to by half, that's, that's pretty great. Yeah. I think we've discussed it at length before, but <clears throat> yeah, the, the, um, Tesla is rolling out the superchargers in um, in tandem with them ramping up production and making cheaper vehicles. Like that's been one of the biggest things because that eliminates range anxiety uh, for the most part. And that the speed at which these charge compared to like I don't know how fast you can charge like a Nissan Leaf at like at a Whole Foods or someplace that has an EV go station or something. But like that's that's one of the biggest uh, differentiators uh, that Tesla has, and that's what gives them a really really big lead uh once like audi and mercedes and and um the other automakers get uh start ramping up and pushing out their um ev strategies Mm -hmm. yeah it's one of the things they're most effective at yeah and it's a uh it's a great experience it's so it's so frictionless and there's no there's no credit card there's no app it's just you literally just pull up and plug the cable in that's it yeah so you'd say that you're not a cord cutter uh i'm a gas cutter i don't know it's okay neither joke was very good yeah my my nor yours <laughs> um okay before we get into chef specials real quick amazon had two super quick things this week um uh pr- you can now choose it's not called prime day what is it called I thought that's what it was called. Which but is they already of, have a thing called Prime. No, I know, but no that's way why it's it was called con- that. Um, Amazon. Oh, the, it's Amazon Day. Yeah, that is not well named. <laughs> no. um, yeah, so you can choose Amazon Day. Every day is Amazon Day. I'll mm-hmm. say if you order enough yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So you can choose a day, and this makes a whole ton of sense. It's really, and and I'm always really inspired by stuff like this, where this is super smart for the business owner, but it's also a benefit for the consumer. Same thing where, have you ever seen the thing like where, do you, do you have UPS My Choice? I do, yeah. Where you can, pr- like if you think it's like a, not a not a low value shipment, but you can just pre-sign for packages where like if it, if it got stolen, it wouldn't be the end of the world. 
and then it just makes your life way easier. It's stuff like that where, yeah, we're on Amazon day. Like you, you can just say, oh yeah, I, this isn't that time sensitive. I just want Amazon to, I'm going to be home Thursday afternoon, just like lump everything into that one day to avoid like missed deliveries or stuff like that. And it also probably saves them money from having to send somebody out to deliver to your house four days a week instead of just one. That's really smart. Mm-hmm. And then this one I'm actually more hopeful for, but it's not really a consumer-facing thing. Amazon has a uh, something called Project Zero, which will allow brands to remove counterfeit listings of their products. So if this is done well, I think this does eliminate a lot of the concerns that I think I've talked about at length on here, where there's it's unless something is shipped and sold by Amazon, a lot of times it's just really like a crapshoot on whether or not you're getting a good product. Um. Especially, like, I mean, maybe for me, it, it's it's a little bit different. But like for photography stuff, like, there's so much sketchy counterfeit stuff out there where it, like, it's just really tough to tell. To the point where, for like photography equipment, I don't even shop on Amazon anymore. I just go to B and H because I know that it's going to be legitimate from the uh, from the manufacturer because they don't do any like type of marketplace seller nonsense. So, so it seems good. Yeah, it, the finding out whether what you're buying is legitimately a first party listing on Amazon has is become a total mess. So, and any ability to uh, improve that will be welcomed by me. Um, I think that's it. Oh, sorry, one last thing. Uh, people, you can put just mainly so you can put a note in the thing. Uh, Microsoft Excel. If you're a Microsoft Excel. Uh, if you're an Office 365 subscriber, Microsoft released an update where you can use your um, iPhone or Android phone to take a picture of a printed chart or a printed data table, and Excel will make that into a workable um, Excel worksheet. That is so great. That's that's amazing. I'm curious how well it works, but I mean, like, I was talking about this with some coworkers. Like, even if it I don't know, got 80% of it right. Like that, I mean, that would be awesome. That's the thing where if you use the, like the Excel mobile app, like it tells you the stuff that it's not hundred percent confident in and you can edit that before it spits out your XLS document. Right. Yeah. Like that's, that's just so great. Um, yeah. Like, cause like OCR has been around forever. Like why, why, like this is like a, an old pick of the week that I, or old chef special that I chosen was an app called Tableau that would allow you to kind of like reverse OCR PDFs that didn't have searchable um, like Excel sheets on them. And it converted that into like a CSV or an XLSX file. And it's, it's super similar to this. And this just seems like a really, really, really cool feature. So can't wait to try it, but I don't have 365. So maybe that'll be the thing that gets me to do it. Because <laughs> I'm one of those suckers that I just bought office 2016 like three years ago for 99 bucks and it's just it's fine can you even do that anymore i don't think so yeah same thing right like i think i got lightroom at the tail end of when they started making you pay monthly for it yeah yeah all right show's running long do you want to do chef specials let's do it all right what do you got all right so i'm going to send you the link here so this has been kind of an episode of uh, throwbacks it seems and so this is a new version of a throwback pick here so i'm a huge fan of the sleep phones line of products which i still don't think i've convinced you to get 
No, no sheep phones yet. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I've, I've loved mine since I've, I've gotten them. But there were sort of two complaints that I had. One was the fleece fabric that, that the headband itself was made out of, which at the time I bought mine was the only choice. Sometimes got a little warm, especially during the summer. And then the other problem was they were kind of a pain in the ass to charge where you have to take the little Bluetooth receiver out, plug it into a micro USB cable, and then like kind of finagle it back into the headband, which like isn't the hardest thing in the world to do, but it's a little fiddly. And so uh, Sleep Phones has come out with a new version, which is it has a really bad name, but it's it's the Sleep Phones Effortless. Trademark, trademark. Uh-huh. And it it um, solves both of those kind of minor issues I had with the version that I had previously. So it, it comes in that same uh, fleece fabric material, but it also comes in a nether really unfortunately named breeze fabric, which... Um, it's kind of hard to describe exactly what it is. It's it, but it's, it's just it's a lighter it's a lighter fabric that that's much much cooler than the uh, fleece. It's breezier. It, it's it, one one might say it's breezier, yeah. Um, and then the other really cool feature is it has inductive charging. So now instead of taking the little receiver out of the of, out of the headband, you just rest the headband on top of this little charging pad. And, you know, similar to like any kind of cheap charging device, it just, it wirelessly charges the headphones. So, you know, two little minor things, but when you use them every day have really added up to be uh, a huge, a huge improvement. So I'm a, I'm a big fan. All right. So a couple of questions, observations, and jokes. So will this work with air power? Uh, well, if air power ever comes out, uh, no, I don't think so. Or, or sorry, I, what I'm uh, sorry. The actual thing is: so is this a proprietary induction charging thing, or is this standard QI or whatever it's called? I have, not, I guess, I have not tried placing the headphones on a standard Qi charger, but by my understanding is that this is a proprietary thing because there, there's also magnets involved. Of course. <laughs> um. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I don't think this is uh, some standard. Yeah. And then in terms of observations, um. I like the cute little tin that this comes in. So I've actually repurposed that tin. So that has actually become my little case for my Apple Watch bands. That's smart. Yeah, because it looks like it's mm, the right... Yeah, well, I, the, the lady friend came up with that. <laughs> I can't take credit. Yeah, you certainly can. Uh, that's what men have done for uh, hundreds of years. <laughs> uh, it's sad because it's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and then also, yeah, on these effortless trademark headphones... Uh, the names of the colors are amazing. I think if I were to ever get this, I'd probably get quiet lavender because I want something that's quiet because that's the whole point of sleeping. So, yeah, I got the graphite gray. Graphite. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's cool. Um, chargeable battery up to ten hours. So, yeah, this. Hmm. And in the other person can't hear it. No. Like there's no sound leak or whatever. I, there probably is to a very minor degree, but, but um, you've never been complained on. Or, no, right? Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Probably still won't ever do it, but like it, that's that's neat. 
Yeah, there, and you know, there it's 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 not an impulse buy. These are a hundred and fifty bucks, which is a fifty dollars more than the previous version. But again, like I, you know, for me, like I, I literally use these every single night. So you know, it was a it, for me, it was a pretty easy purchase to justify. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um. All right, so I have two two, two quickies. So the first one is a podcast that I I'm normally not into binge listening to podcasts. Um, but yeah, I had a really long drive and I ended up listening to one that was actually pretty good. Uh, it's called The Dream, mm-hmm. and it's not it has nothing to do with sleep. It is not, not a, sponsored by sleep phones. Uh that would have been a good market synergy, <laughs> but no, or not uh, maybe Casper. No, it's the one podcast they don't they don't um, endorse. It is a show about uh, MLMs, and it's surprisingly interesting. Hmm. Maybe people don't know what an MLM is. It's you know all those um uh what what are the common ones that young people do like the 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 Bill Ackman the Herbalife the um there's that weird company that just sells like yoga pants except they make you buy them through a random person. There's that. There's um, the uh, there's a bunch of makeup companies that do it. There's a whole bunch of stuff where basically they will promise a, a small business opportunity, but basically it's a pyramid scheme. Huh. Yeah. It's a really upsetting and interesting industry, but this is a podcast that's 11 parts. Two of the episodes are kind of duds, but the and, and they're only about a half hour each. But they're really, really interesting. So the next time you're stuck on a plane or you're stuck uh, in the car for a while, um, I think this is a pretty worthwhile listen. Very good. Yeah. And then the other thing is uh, Waze. Waze is great. Waze now supports CarPlay. Um, Waze is really smart about traffic. Uh, like even to the point where sometimes Google Maps will give you bad directions or like Google Maps will see, oh yeah, this freeway is shut down five hours ahead of you but it will probably be open by the time you actually get down there and Waze figures that stuff out and google maps even sometimes doesn't which is so uh, it's so stupid but like yeah like it, like there was some snow on the way like i5 towards uh southern california and yeah google maps is normally super smart about that stuff but it just doesn't get it um but yeah Waze is good um i really really wish you could pay for Waze, but it's google product so no you never will be able to because Waze has an interesting way of generating ad revenue where they will just put these mandatory uh, like point of interest markers that show up on the map as you drive. So you know where every stupid jack in the box is, um, which is which is really annoying, especially on CarPlay. But the directions are so good that it's worth it. Um, like, you know, like the police reminders and it's like hazards on the road. So like if there's a horrible pothole, you know what that is. And, you know, California. So there's many. Um, it's 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 an extremely good app. It's a little bit crashy on CarPlay, but overall it's well, well worth um, having installed on your phone. Yeah, I um, to, to bring this full circle back to Tesla, I'm. I'm I'm pretty, pretty darn happy with the navigation system and and. I mean, it's built on Google Maps, so it's pretty similar to what you'd expect from something like Google Maps. And I think like the um, the media player is not the best, but but pretty good. Uh, When it shows the right album art? uh, Sometimes. (laughs) 
Uh, um, not not so much with podcasts. Um, yeah, follow Marco's Twitter feed if you want yep. uh, more insight on that. But I, I, I do have to admit, especially after that experience I had over the Thanksgiving break with that rental car that had CarPlay, I do, I do kind of wish my car had CarPlay. That would be kind of fun, even if it was just some optional thing that I could drill down into. Like, I'm not heartbroken I don't have it, but it, it'd be, it'd be kind of neat. And especially because CarPlay has gotten so much more interesting with more third-party apps coming on board, specifically these third-party navigation apps. Um, so yeah, I, that's, that's, that's neat. And I'm glad that it seems like both Google maps and Waze both have done a, a generally a pretty good job with the CarPlay integration, maybe still a little bit buggy around the edges, but, but also pretty good overall. Yeah. Yeah. Waze will crash about every three hours. <laughs> that's, but the, on the plus side, they've engineered it to the point where when you reopen it, it says, Hey, do you still want to go wherever you were going? Which kudos. I mean, that's 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 one approach and it doesn't break your entire car so that's that's a plus no no it keeps playing your podcast so a plus there